know-it-all? Do you annoy your family by shouting the answers while watching Jeopardy? Do you drive people crazy when you start a sentence with, well, actually? Well, guess what? You can go fact yourself. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Go Fact Yourself, the show where we quiz the smartest people we know and find out why they love what they love. I'm Helen Hong. And now, recording from our homes in Los Angeles, here's our moderator, J. Keith Van Stratton. Thank you, Helen. Nice to see you. How are you doing? I am recovering from a medical procedure oh, my that goodness. I had, which was not fun. Okay. It was a colonoscopy. Ah, I was wondering when you might have yours. As, as we've discussed on previous episodes, I've had two in the last year. Welcome to the club. Oh, it's, I feel like I, I got it too early. You know, most people start getting them when they're 50 and I'm uh-huh. not that age. Uh, but apparently because I'm a cancer survivor, ah. my doctor was like, you know, we should, uh, we should get up in there under the hood and make <laughs> sure you don't have uh, cancer in the pooper. Wow, what a professional-sounding doctor you yeah, have. Yeah, yeah, cancer, uh, cancer of the pooper. Is, cancer is, of the pooper, is, is yeah. Is what they said. It, it was definitely not a fun experience, J. Keith, but yeah. I am happy to report that I don't have cancer of the pooper. Yay! Yeah, my colon looks really good, according to the medical professionals. Okay, you did leave it to the professionals. You didn't just go and look yourself. <laughs> I, think that was, I think that was wise. Well, we joke about it, but of course, anyone out there who is eligible for one or is due to get one, we highly recommend it. I'm sure you agree, Helen, that even though it wasn't your favorite experience, it was one that you value having. Yes, yes, I'm glad I did it, and I'm glad, I'm confident in that I have a a clean colon. Excellent. Well, hopefully that will be the last time we talk about our poopers during this episode. Let's find out. <laughs> Today on Go Fact Yourself, two guests will compete to answer questions about facts they know, facts they might not know, and frankly, facts they should know. Plus, we'll meet actual experts on two very different topics and finally declare one of our guests the winner of today's show. Let's get started and meet today's guest, Helen, who was up first. He is an Emmy-winning TV personality, author, and lifestyle consultant whose television work includes What Not to Wear and The Chew. It's Clinton Kelly. Hello, Clinton Kelly. Hello. Hi, guys. How are you? Thanks for having me here. Oh, it's our pleasure. Well, this is a bit of a reunion for you. You and Helen know each other from long ago. Tell us about that. Helen was a producer on What Not to Wear. And in the early seasons of it, too. So we started out in this business together. Oh, way, to, way to give away my age, Clinton. Well, I... Helen, you did say that you were hailed as the <laughs> as the toddler producer. The... <laughs> exactly. The You're prodigy. a little baby. Also, I have to share this story. Literally, like, the first week that I got hired on What Not to Wear as a producer. A what Not to Wear, for those of you that don't know, is a, is a fashion makeover show. It was the fashion makeover show of the time. The (laughs) fashion makeover show. And I roll up in whatever the hell I'm wearing. I think the day that I was introduced to you guys, I was wearing like pink corduroys and like a brown sweater. And I think Stacey London said something like, "Mm, can we do an episode on the staff? (laughs) (laughs) Now, Clinton, on One Not to Wear, you ended up doing makeovers for over 300 people. And I was delighted to read that you actually stayed in touch with dozens of them. I stay in touch with almost 100 of them. I mean, whether it's on social media, I gave a lot of them my phone number back in the day. <laughs> and uh, which I learned after about 150 episodes not to do that okay, anymore. Okay, okay. 
But I still have people texting me from, you know, almost 20 years ago. They'll send me pictures of themselves in dressing rooms. Like, should I buy this dress? <laughs> what? Or what do you think about these jeans? Yeah, I swinger. It's fun. I don't mind. Wow. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> you really built a nice relationship with people. I did. You know, there was, that's the reason I kept doing that show because, you know, it ran for a decade. And then, mm-hmm. of course, it ran for another decade in reruns. And there, was, there were times when I'm like, why am I doing this show again? Because... I'm kind of over it on some level because there's mm-hmm. only so many jokes you can make about, you know, crappy outfits and uh, how many times you can tell somebody to make their, how to make their butt look smaller using the right pair of jeans, you know? <laughs> and I was just like, I'm so over this. But people's lives were really changing. Yeah. They were really, really changing. Yeah. When they went home, they got better jobs. They met the love of their lives. You know, it was kind of, kind of intense. How has your style evolved over the years? I just wear a blue polo shirt and that's it. That's all I <laughs> <laughs> I've cared for so long about what I was wearing, and now I'm sort of like, I'm fine. I just have a different philosophy on style now. It really has evolved over the years. It's like, if it really makes you feel good, yeah. you know, then you should wear it. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks of it. I love that you're like, I'm just wearing this blue polo, but then you raise your arms, and of course, it's got this super cute, like, border on the arm. Like, it's not, it's <laughs> oh, not. Oh, he's showing a, off the guns now, it's too. It's not a lame blue polo. It's like a yeah. style. There's like flair to the polo, uh, even. I should point out, as Helen says this, I am wearing a blue polo as well, and Helen does not comment at all on mine. Uh, mine is mine is really meant to, you know. Th- th- I'll be honest. I got mine at Ross Dress for less. I got it mostly for its wicking properties because uh, it's wicking properties. Yes. yes. Oh my god! I did not think about wicking at all when I picked it. Clint, last thing I want to ask you about. You've done so many fun projects that involve clothes, cooking, dating, finding people's homes. Uh, Is there something that you haven't taken on yet that you're interested in? I've been off of television for the last year because I am writing my first novel. I am a... Yeah, Whoa. I'm a trained journalist. I came yeah. at this from a writing background. For and sure. 30 years ago, when I moved to New York City, 30 years ago, I said, I'm going to write a novel. <gasps> and I never got around to it until now. So I've been sitting at this desk for a year Whoa. writing a novel. Whoa, yeah. that is a so, huge feat. Everyone, all the right, you know, all the successful writers say it's just so hard to get, just get started and force yourself to do it. So kudos it, It's so that. hard. It's like... Yeah, thank you. It's the literal sitting down that is hard. I like to, I like to move. You know what I mean? So to like to sit my butt on the chair and like force myself to write has been difficult, but it's it gets easier with time. So that's that's good. And I have a whole routine. You know, it's like you gotta. I have to be re- very regimented about it. It's like I will have my coffee at this time. I will have my lunch at this time, and that's the only way I can get through it. Wow. Excellent. Well, we wish you luck with that. We look forward to seeing it at the time that it comes out. Congratulations! Thank and you, thank so, you much. so much for joining us, Clinton Kelly. So glad to be here. Yay. Helen, against whom will Clinton be competing? She is a comedian whose new one-hour comedy special, Menopause, is streaming now and who hosts the podcast, Relatable with Jackie Fabulous. It's Jackie Fabulous. Hi, Jackie Fabulous. Yay. What's going on, everybody? Good morning, afternoon. I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Neither do we. Jackie, I have to say, before we started the show, I asked if there's anything you wanted to talk about in particular, and uh, you said the only thing you wanted to Promote was your ability to fangirl over Clinton Kelly. So um, I wanted you to give that opportunity right First now. First of all, Helen, why didn't you text me and say that he was going to be on the show? I would have worn something with color, pattern, texture, and shine. Come on. The big four. You got them down. I've watched the show. I've seen every episode of everything you've ever done. I had no idea. I would have curled my hair. I am ashamed of myself. Do not be ashamed. First of all, I love the fingernails. I'm living for them. I, there was a time in my life when I was like, I don't know about these fancy nails. Now I'm obsessed with any woman I see with like great <laughs> fancy fingernails. 
It's a pleasure to meet you. Wonderful to meet you. I think I also would credit you to Helen. Helen has the ability to show up at a comedy club, okay, with no makeup, hair not done, in like her pajamas. She'll have a whole outfit in like a small makeup bag. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Jackie, a lot of people first got to know you through your performances on America's Got Talent, and you got a very rare standing ovation the first time that you performed, and then uh, later Simon even kissed you. Can you even begin to describe what that experience was like? <laughs> I'm okay once you announce mm. my name. Whatever I'm worried about, nervous about, it's gone. Once my name is mm-hmm. called, I'm like, okay, back into what you what you do. So when Simon's like, I, I have to kiss you. I must kiss you. I'm not going to lie. I was single then. I'm like, I know he ain't married. I, <laughs> no exaggeration. I'm like, I'm like, come get it on national TV. <laughs> there was no reason to say no. That's amazing. And is it true that that was the first time that your mom ever saw you do stand up was on AGT? Yeah, she didn't. She still doesn't care or acknowledge or believe that it's a real job. <laughs> <laughs> well, what was it like for her to see you do an impression of her on stage? She's heard me do the impressions in like, you know, videos of me years and years ago. Yeah. And the first time she heard me make fun of her, she was like, I don't understand why you think that's funny. And that's clearly why it's so funny. She <laughs> didn't know why she was so. She doesn't, she doesn't hear her irrational personality. Parents never yeah. do. Everything you said about your mom is exactly what could be said about my mom. Yeah. Like just immigrant they, moms being like, what? You're doing what? They only <laughs> understand and see when somebody white gets success in entertainment. They understand that. They're brought up with that. That's their values. That's mm. their culture. And if you're outside of anybody white, then it's like, oh, my, that's magic. How in the world? And and if there is somebody black, they're like, well, we already have Wanda. Why would you? <laughs> <laughs> so that's what it's like. <laughs> wow. You and I have something in common, which is that uh, we both dated and managed to get engaged during the pandemic. Yes. Uh, it, congratulations it, on being engaged to be married. Thank you very much. It's a, it's a man that I left behind when I moved to L.A. You know, I, I was I'm going to go to yeah. L.A. I'm going to be a famous blah, 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 blah. And then, of course, I came back and he's like, hey. (laughs) (laughs) That's all it took? Okay. He's like, like, are you a big success now? I'm like, well, I am successful, but I mean, I'm not famous. He's like, well, might as well me and you now. So uh, when I came back home all the time together, we just realized we're both over 50. We're both 51. And we're like, what in Mm -hmm. the hell are we waiting for? Clearly, life is short. So being engaged forever when you don't have any money for a big wedding I'm not going to hit the lotto, am I? So we might as well do it. <laughs> However, Clinton is here. Got to keep it real. Mm-hmm. There will be a fat rock in my future. Trust. <laughs> okay, right. Just checking. Just checking. We are Trust. all very, very relieved to hear that. We're so happy to have you here. Jackie Fabulous, everybody. Yeah. Jackie and Clinton, we asked each of you to provide us with a few topics outside your field of work in which you feel you have some expertise. Clinton, you said you know a lot about the movie 9 to 5 dinner table etiquette, and 1980s parody pornography. (laughs) Among the most eclectic trios that we've had. Uh, Whereas, Jackie, you said you know a lot about J-Lo, early hip-hop, and immigration law. 
also among the more eclectic <laughs> mixes that we've had. Uh, later on, we'll ask each of you some in-depth trivia questions about one of those topics. But first, we're going to get your thoughts on something you might know nothing about. It's time to split some hairs with our What's the Difference round. We'll have one question for each of you, each worth up to two points. If either of you gives an incorrect answer, the other person has a chance to steal. Your topic today, Grateful Dead. First up in Grateful Dead is Clinton with Grateful. Clinton, while both might be an expression of your feelings not to be dead, what's the difference between thankful and grateful? Thankful and grateful. Thankful is when somebody does something nice for you, right? So you're, you're thankful for that. But I feel like grateful is a deeper expression of thanks. Like it's um, an expression of like a deeper gratitude. <laughs> and that shrug and looking up to the sky indicates that you have a deep a deep commitment to that answer. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we've got Clinton's answer. We don't know yet if he's entirely correct. Jackie, anything you want to change or add? Grateful. I'm thankful. No, thankful means more. means you're a deeper appreciation than grateful. Okay, so you're just going to flip what uh, Clinton says. Yes. All right, well, let's give thanks. This segment is over. And go to Helen Hong at the judges' table <laughs> for the facts. Here are the facts. Thankful refers to a feeling of appreciation that you have. Grateful refers to an action that expresses that appreciation. So you can feel thankful and no one will ever know about it. But if you say thank you or try to return a kindness done to you, then you are being grateful. That's right. Now, being grateful also carries with it a sense of an ongoing mindset. So you might be thankful for a moment, but if you have an attitude of gratitude, well, you need to offer more than just a platitude. Helen, how did our guests do? Fresh. Um... I don't think that either one of you got it. Yeah. I don't I want I don't want to play for that. <laughs> All right, no points there. Up next in Grateful Dead though is Jackie with Dead. Jackie, your question comes from a listener. Who is it, Helen? I'll let them tell you themselves because we have a listener recording. Listeners, if you'd like to submit a suggestion for our What's the Difference round, go to gofactorpod.com and click on Get Involved. Okay, play it. Hi everyone. This is Dr. Bill Tedesco from Glens Falls, New York, family physician and palliative care specialist. My question for what's the difference is, while you're grateful to not come across either one, what's the difference between a corpse and a cadaver? Thanks. Love the show. Oh, thank you so much, doctor. All right, Jackie, you heard the man. What is the difference between a corpse and a cadaver? I believe that a corpse is what your body turns into after an immediate or short to immediate death, whereas a cadaver is mm -hmm. used for research and for medical purposes. All right. Very confidently said. Uh, we've got Jackie's mm. answer. We don't know yet if she's entirely correct. Clinton, what do you think? Anything you want to change or add? I feel like Jackie might have the correct difference there, as spotted the difference. I feel like a cadaver is, has been either like put into a Ziploc bag and shoved <laughs> into a drawer or uh -huh. is on like a table in the um, medical examiner's office. Like a corpse can just be lying around the, you know, on the street, mm -hmm. but a cadaver <laughs> is in some sort of facility. Okay. So a cadaver <laughs> is part of your, <laughs> it's part of your decor. <laughs> you put it on the table. It's a conversation piece. <laughs> yeah, let's go with that. All right, no great. Way. Well, this segment needs to be buried or burned. Let's go to Helen Hong at the judges' table for the facts. Here are the facts. A corpse is a dead body, specifically a dead human body. 
A cadaver is also a dead human body, but one that is involved in scientific or medical study, which could include criminal investigation. If dogs look for your body, they are cadaver dogs, not corpse dogs, because there's a presumption that your body can't be found due to something that will require investigation. Boy, this segment got dark quick. <laughs> That's right. By the way, not every connotation of cadaver is negative. Newer science, for instance, allows for cadaver tissues to be used in life-saving procedures like organ transplants or skin, bone, and tendon grafts. So make sure your driver's license includes your wish to be a donor or perhaps your wish not to be dug up by a dog. Helen, how did our guest do? I think Jackie got both parts correct, so two points for Jackie. Two points for Jackie. Very good. And what is our score at the end of that round? At the end of that round, Clinton Kelly has zero points and Jackie Fabulous has two points. All right, but those scores are bound to change as we move on to questions about topics our guests have chosen for themselves. That's all up ahead when we come back on Go Fact Yourself. Hi, it's Jay Keith. I'm actually in New York right now, and it's so cold, and I'm out on Broadway waiting for someone to bring me a warm coffee. And it reminded me how lovely it was just a week or two ago when I was out camping with friends. We were sitting around the campfire, sharing stories, getting to know each other, meeting some new people. How warm and intimate it was. How wonderful it is to be around a campfire, making those memories that are going to last so long. Whether you're with friends, with someone you love, or even with a, a furry pal. Well... I started thinking, oh, it'd be so nice if I could do that away from the campsite. And I realized I can because I have a solo stove, my own solo stove that I keep right outside my back door so I can set it up in my driveway with some camp chairs and recreate that cozy, cozy experience. It's so nice. It's got a smokeless design. You don't get those fumes going all over the place. It's super easy to light, super easy to put out. And oh my gosh, setting it up, you take it out of the box, You put it on the ground, you put some wood in it, boom, you're good to go. That's why I got mine, and that's why I like it, and I can't wait to get back to L.A. and use my cozy solo stove. I wish I had one with me here on Broadway. So, hey, look it. Upgrade your backyard with a solo stove fire pit and create story-worthy moments without the fireside fumes. It's got this beautiful stainless steel construction designed to regulate airflow and burn more efficiently. And again, it's so easy to light with just a few bits of starter. No chemicals needed, just wood. Your fire is blazing in minutes. And they're so confident that you'll love it, they offer a lifetime warranty and a 30-day free return policy. So prepare for your best outdoor memories yet and save big during the Solo Stove fall event. Use promo code GOFACT at solostove.com for an extra $10 off. That's solostove.com, promo code GOFACT for $10 off on top of the fall event deals. Hurry, the fall event ends November 10th. (gasps) Somebody brought me coffee. Honey, I was just telling them about the campfire. Remember how great that was? So good. Thank goodness we have a solo stove. And that's why we say, Thank thank you, solo stove. Her Majesty served Great Britain and the Commonwealth loyally for over 70 years. And while, of course, we feel a profound sadness... We must remember she lived a long life and died in such a way that I think many of us would want for ourselves. She was at home, surrounded by her family. And, of course, she was listening to the Beef and Dairy Network podcast. 
The Beef and Dairy Network podcast is a multi-award winning comedy podcast and you can find it at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Go Fact Yourself with our guests, Clinton Kelly and Jackie Fabulous. Once again, here's J. Keith Van Stratton. Thank you, Helen. All right, Clinton, of your many interests, you told us you know a lot about the movie 9 to 5, Dinner Table Etiquette, and 1980s parody pornography. Let's find out a little bit more about each of those first. Tell us why you chose the movie 9 to 5. It's one of my all-time favorite movies. I remember seeing it in 1980 at the age of 11. Whoa. I have uh, memorized pretty much the entire film. So if wow. you're going to ask me quotes from it, I should nail them. Okay. The three women were the most interestingly beautiful <laughs> women I had ever seen. I think that Lily Tomlin's performance as Violet Newstead is literally one of the best comedic performances in a movie. And I, I, you might be like, really, you're sure? Go watch it. She's subtle at, uh, sometimes when she needs to be, and she's screwball when she needs to be. She's amazing. I don't think you'll get any arguments from anyone. All right, next, <laughs> tell us why you chose dinner table etiquette as something that means a lot to you. I'm just a middle-class kid from suburban Long Island. I grew up in a very blue-collar town, working-class parents, and I just really wanted to be fancy. More than anything else, <laughs> when I was growing up, I wanted to be fancy so bad. So I would go to the library and take out etiquette books and, you know, Emily Post and the <laughs> Vanderbilts and all that stuff. I was a bus boy and then a waiter. And I was always very proper about how I served people and stuff like that. <laughs> and then finally, Clinton, you said you know a lot about 1980s parody pornography. My best friend and I would rent these porno movies in the 1980s. And back then, you know, pornography was a lot of, they all had, all these movies had storylines and there was, there were plots and they were funny and they had theme songs. And so we would rent these movies. <laughs> Watch, Wait. We put the, yeah. Wait, the porns had theme songs? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yes. They had spoof theme songs. Mm -hmm. Yes. It was amazing. We would put the VHS in, watch it silently. At least my parents were away. They would go away for the weekend. My friend Lisa would come over. We'd watch it silently once. And then we would rewind the whole tape back, hit play again, and then re repeat all the dialogue and sing the songs. Oh, my God. What? Yep, the production values to the 80s. <laughs> All right, to summarize, Clinton, you said you know a lot about the movie 9 to 5, Dinner Table Etiquette, and 1980s parody pornography. Today, we're going to quiz you about the movie 9 to 5. Yay! Thank goodness. Well, this is not your first time answering trivia questions about this. You did a segment on The Chew where you competed against Dolly Parton in trivia about Dolly Parton and who won that trivia contest. I think I won it by a point. I think you yeah. did as well. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you mentioned that you'd memorize the script. What are some of your favorite lines that come to mind? So many. I think of, um, I know just where to stick it. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because I'm a sexist, egotistical, line, critical bigot? Bingo. Um, <laughs> I, I just killed the boss. You don't think they're going to fire me for a thing like that? I mean, there's, I, there's so many. I could just, there's so many great do you, ones. Do you want the whole movie? I can give it to you. Uh, yeah. Maybe that'll be some of our bonus content for uh, for next uh, year. Well, just ahead, <laughs> we're going to enlist the help of a bona fide expert in your topic to test your mastery in the subject with an expert level question worth up to three points. But before that, to let you show your love, Clinton, here are five trivia questions about your topic, each worth one point. Now, if you want it, you're allowed to hint for any two of these five questions. Now, Jackie, do listen close because if Clinton answers incorrectly, you can steal. Jackie, by the way, how much do you know about the movie 9 to 5? I'm ashamed to say I haven't seen it in a very long time. And I should because I'm one of those annoying feminists. Everything like that matters to me more than <laughs> everything else. 
<laughs> All right. Well, let's see if your long-term memory uh, helps if Clinton gives you the opportunity. I'm ashamed to say that I have never seen it. Oh, it's so good. Oh, it's so good. Oh, oh, I know. So good. Yeah, you got to watch it just for the clothes. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, Clinton, I, I watched it when it was out in theaters as well, and I just rewatched it this week to prepare for this. It, it, oh. it, it's so oh. it's so wonderful. It's, it brings back it so many great up, memories. It holds up, right? It's so good. It's funny every time. Well, let's see how you do in your quiz. Here's question number one. The movie 9 to 5 didn't just give Dolly Parton her first film role. It also gave her her first Academy Award nomination. But it wasn't for her acting. In what category did Dolly Parton get nominated for an Oscar? Best Original Song. Helen? That is correct. That is correct for the point. We're on our way. You did not need the hint, but I know, Helen, you were eager to give that hint. Helen, what would that hint have been? Thank you, Helen. Fun fact, this was the movie's only Oscar nomination, which it lost to the theme song from Fame. The song 9 to 5 also received four Grammy nominations, winning two for Dolly Parton. All right, here's question number two, Clinton. Much of the action takes place in the offices of Consolidated Companies, Inc., which does not seem like a very fun place to work. In fact, an early scene describes a mandate from the boss in which several items are prohibited from being displayed on employee desks. Name any one of these unwelcome items. You can't have photos. You can't have plants. You can't have your handbag on there. Um, did I hit, Did I get one? Helen? Yeah, you got them all. Yeah, yeah, okay. very good. <laughs> Just checking. <laughs> the exact line was coffee cups, personal items, photos, and plants, etc. Fun fact, the fictional office in the movie is located in downtown Los Angeles. There is a real corporation called Consolidated Companies, Inc. with offices in Nebraska. I don't know why they wouldn't have changed it following this film. <laughs> All right. Here's question number three. You're two for two. As if artificial sweeteners aren't dangerous enough, Violet, played by Lily Tomlin, mistakes her usual skinny and sweet for a brand of rat poison in a very similar-looking box. What brand of rat poison does she accidentally put into Mr. Hart's coffee? Rid-o-rat. Helen? That is correct. That is correct for the point. Very good. According to Violet, Riddle Rat, quote, looks just like skinny and sweet, except for the little skull and crossbones on the label. Yes. Clinton was mouthing along to my, uh, my quoting that line. By the way, we did an entire segment on artificial sweeteners on the very first episode of Go Fact Yourself. All right, Clinton, moving along. Here's question number four. As you may be aware, in the 1980s, several popular movies spawned pornographic parody movies, and <laughs> 9 to 5 was no exception. What was the 1981 porn parody movie of 9 to 5 called? I probably did not watch it because I was, I was so offended um, that they were, <laughs> they were parodying this movie. I'd like to use the hint, please. All right, Helen, how about that first hint? In this version, work starts and ends an hour earlier. 8 to 4? Helen? That is correct. That is correct for the point. And I don't get it. What? There's nothing, there's, there's nothing to get. It was uh, just a porn parody, and they called it eight to four. Oh, and looks I like I would have named it nine to five inches. Like what? The oh, interesting. No, I would have said six to nine. But uh, fun fact: eight to four, as many people later learned, is not a prequel to nine to five. <laughs> That's either a disappointment or a or a fun surprise. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Clint, you're four for four. Let's see if you can go five for five with this question. In a famous scene, Judy, played by Jane Fonda, is left alone with a Xerox machine and things go a little haywire. What is the model number of the Xerox machine that Judy has trouble with? 
oh, I'm going to need a hint for this one. There's no way to remember that little detail. Can I please have a hint? Helen, how about that second hint? It rhymes with blindy blore blundred. The 9400, of course. Helen? That is correct. Yeah, you know your Xerox (laughs) machines. I knew you did. (laughs) Fun fact, the Xerox 9400 needed floor space of 15 by 9 feet, weighed over 3,000 pounds, and when it debuted in 1977, retailed for $85,000, which is about $400,000 today. Wow. Wow. Clinton Kelly, you are five for five. Congratulations. Oh, my God. I'm so glad. Yeah. You obviously did very well in that round, but now here's your expert level question that requires multiple answers. It is time for your cluster fact. We'll be bringing on an expert to discuss your response. Clinton, Jane Fonda's production company produced 9 to 5, and she was always meant to star in the film as Judy. But while the roles of Violet and Dora Lee were written for Lily Tomlin and Dolly Parton, it wasn't known if they'd actually be in the film. In fact, the woman who wrote the movie's original screenplay told Rolling Stone that backups for Lily and Dolly were already in mind if they said no. Lily's backup is a comedic actor who's in the Emmy Hall of Fame, and Dolly's backup is known as one of Hollywood's all-time sex symbols. So, for up to three points, what was the name of Jane Fonda's production company, which is the first on-screen credit in the opening of the movie? Next, who were one of the two backups if Lily Tomlin or Dolly Parton said no? And who is that original screenwriter of 9 to 5? Is it IPC Films? IPC? Okay, that's one of your answers. I believe that the backup for Lily Tomlin was Carol Burnett. All right. And I believe the backup for uh, Dolly Part was Anne Margaret. All right. I believe the screenwriter's name, uh, the original screenwriter, there was a, uh, there was Colin Higgins, um, is directed and co-wrote the uh, original script. I think he co-wrote it with a Patricia. Oh, I can't remember her last name. Those are all my answers. All right. Well, Helen is taking note of those answers. We have an expert on hand who can tell us for sure. Helen, who do we have tonight? Joining us tonight is a Tony, BAFTA, and Writers Guild-nominated writer whose many credits include writing the original screenplay for (laughs) 9 to 5, it's Patricia Resnick. Resnick. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us, Patricia Resnick. It's so wonderful to have you here. Absolutely. Well, nice uh, to meet you. Don't wave to me, Helen Hong. You're dead to me. You never saw me. I'm so sorry. No way. I think it still managed to be somewhat successful, even without Helen Hong seeing it. We did. We made it without her. I think it was two dollars oh. at the time. Yeah. Beating myself up. Well, Patricia, we'll talk about the movie Nine to Five in a moment. But uh, first, some of your other credits that people will be familiar with. You've written several screenplays, including A Wedding, Maxi, Straight Talk. You worked with Robert Altman, both as a writer and playing yourself in the movie The Player. You've been a producer on TV shows like Tales of the City, Olivia, Mad Men, and Better Things. And you were nominated for a Tony Award for the book of 9 to 5, The Musical. What an honor and treat to have you join us today. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. Great. Well, first, I want to know, what was it like working with Robert Altman as a mentor? How did that happen? And and what did you learn from someone like him? I actually moved to California from Florida to finish college. Mm -hmm. Uh, No one in my family was in show business. I grew up in Miami Beach. It was held with more humidity and less interesting people. I really hated it. I got bad news. It it kind of still is. Yeah, Yeah, I'm aware. Uh, Anyway, I used to drive around L.A., and if I saw that 
there were film trucks, I would always pull over to go ask what was filming. And it happened to be a Robert Altman film. And so I waited until he came out of the building and I told him I was writing a paper on him for a class at USC. And I asked if I could interview him and I dropped the paper off and he called me and he asked me to come to work for him. Oh, and wow. Yeah. So I sucked up well. <laughs> <laughs> but by 24, I had a screen credit. That is like so, I love that initiative and I love that you yeah. dropped off the paper and that's kind of what got you, right? It wasn't just your initiative. It was also like you had some skill on the page already. I, I worked very hard at it. I was very ambitious wow. and uh, I had no other skill set. So I thought I'd best make it as a writer. Well, you worked on Mad Men. There had to be a lot of similarities that you noticed to the stories of women on that show and Nine to Five just decades earlier. Yes, for sure. And it was very heartening on that show to see over the years that the women got some agency. Mm -hmm. Matthew Weiner was also really wonderful about having women in the writer's room. Mm -hmm. So a good number of the writers were, were female. Mm -hmm. And I think that was important to him and to us. I bet I bet a lot of the writers on both of those shows were like, oh my God, you wrote nine to five? Holy crap. Like they were probably uh, a little so starstruck. Actually, the funny thing is on, I can usually tell uh, about someone's mental health based on which movie I worked on. <laughs> <they like. laughs> so if they love nine to five, they're, they're, they're pretty normal. Uh-oh. There we if go. You know, straight talk, a little quirky. Mm -hmm. The movie that I was the middle of three writers on uh, was a Robert Altman movie called Quintet. It was post-apocalyptic. Oh, okay. Ice Age, starring Paul Newman. Ooh, that sounds so right up my alley. <laughs> Please watch it. You might be the person to like it. I don't know that anyone else has. But anyway, if they, if once in a while, if they like that, I know they have some serious mental problems. Oh. But um, Check, check. I do want to show, this is for Clinton. Yes. It is the porn. Uh, <gasps> it's parody. Oh, my God. God that's incredible. <laughs> you, have, you have it on VHS? Oh, it's my so God. old. It's on VHS, and I do want to clear up yeah. why it was called 8 to oh, 4. Please. Well, it's a stupid name. I liked all of your suggestions better. The tagline was 8 to 4 for those who like to get in early. Oh. <laughs> wow, that's bad. I have a question. I have a question. Have you been approached for the sequel for nine to five? There's been various tries at it mm -hmm. over the years. Years ago, I worked on a sequel called 24 mm seven -hmm. and nothing really happened with that. And then much more recently when the Me Too movement came up, I suddenly thought, oh, you know, actually that would be a reason mm -hmm. to do a sequel. And I came up with a way to do it and I pitched it to Lily and Jane and then they were in and then I pitched it on the phone to Dolly and I got her and uh, then I decided I should pair myself with a younger writer, preferably of colors, because we wanted the cast to be more diverse. Uh, so we were going to have three younger women and then bring in the older women. Anyway, I, I, I wrote it with Rashida Jones. We sold it to 20s and they were literally, as we handed it in, they were bought by Disney. Uh, and uh, we were never heard of uh, again. Uh, 
musical <laughs> so but we have a wonderful <laughs> musical based on it yeah, that i did the book for that dolly parton did the musical lyrics it's touring in australia right now it plays all over the world live theater is a wonderful thing and Anything that gets me to spend a little more time with Dolly is oh, that's great. always a good thing. Yeah. I saw the show on Broadway. It was great. Really fun. Did you? Yeah. Thank you. Well, you mentioned that you've done a lot of collaborating with Dolly Parton, but at the time, this was going to be her first movie role, um, and you wrote it with her in mind. I'm curious, wh- what about Dolly Parton made you think this is a role that she could do? Uh, the idea of doing the film with Lily Tomlin and Dolly Parton was Jane Fonda's mm. idea. She wanted to do a movie about clerical workers. She wanted to work with those two women. I guess Dolly, she had heard sing on the radio. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, something just made her think, you know, she could appeal to a different part of the audience. And she has such a great personality. I think she could do it. And I read in the trade papers that they were looking for a writer. And Lily actually gave me my first writing job. I was working for Altman before I was writing and I was young. I was about 22 and he kept calling me the kid and I wrote a <laughs> script and I could never get him to read it. And Lily was in a movie that he produced that I was sort of hanging around on just for something to do. And she was improving lines and asking for suggestions. I was throwing out suggestions and she liked them and we became friendly and she asked me to write for her first Broadway show, which was called Appearing Nightly, Altman went to it and said, ah, the kid can write. Mm. And that's how I got to work, uh, write on a wedding. Wow. So I'd worked for Lily. And then Dolly, I had met because I'd written a little piece for a share special where the guest was Dolly and I was on set. And so when I saw it was Lily and Dolly, I had always been a big fan of Jane Fonda's, although I didn't know her. I just thought, um, that I should be the writer. And so I had my agent put me up for it. And that's how it happened. Very cool. Last thing I want to ask you about, Patricia, I know you're very involved in a charity that is close to your heart. Tell us about the Urban Sanctuary Rescue. So the Urban Sanctuary Rescue, which is at urbansanctuaryrescue.org, is kind of a small one-man or one-woman band rescue. It's run by a woman with the probably wonderful name of Addie Daddio. It's her real name. <laughs> I first met her about 10 years ago. I was doing some fostering of dogs and walking dogs on the weekends. And I started getting involved with her organization. And then I ended up getting a dog from her that I still have today. Most wonderful dog I've ever had in my life, Rufus. I love this dog. My kids say more than them. No, but he loves me more than they love me. That's for sure. <laughs> she just does incredible work and is all on her own and is, uh, you know, always paying for medical stuff and spaying and neutering. And it's very rough for her. And she just doesn't have eyeballs on her. So anybody who would go on 5, 10, 20, 25 bucks would mean a lot. Excellent. And we'll save more animals. And again, that website is urbansanctuaryrescue.org. All right. Well, let's get to the reason that we brought you here as far as our game is concerned. You heard the question that we asked of Clinton. First, we want to know what was the name of Jane Fonda's production company, which is the first on-screen credit in the opening of the movie. Helen, what did Clinton say? Clinton said IPC Films. And Patricia? That is absolutely correct. Absolutely correct for the point. And a little behind the scenes, Patricia, you said you did not know that. 
<laughs> I couldn't remember. Once, once they repeated it to me, I could picture it on the screen, but no. But the checks I'm, did clear. I'm, I'm at of an age now that some things are starting to uh, slip out of the hard drive a bit. <laughs> no worries. That's a point there for Clinton. Next, I want to know who were one of the two backups if Lily Tomlin or Dolly Parton said no. Helen, what did Clinton say? Clinton gave two names, Carol Burnett and Anne Margaret. Patricia? He was absolutely right on both. Very good. The only person we knew we had was Jane. We hoped to get the other two. We weren't sure. And just in case. Mm-hmm. We had the other two Very good. in our minds. A point there for Clinton. And then finally, we wanted to know who was that original screenwriter of 9 to 5. Helen, what did Clinton say? Clinton said Patricia something. <laughs> that's, a, that's a half a point. <laughs> well, that's up to our expert. What do you think, Patricia? I will give him the Patricia for sure. Listen, nobody remembers writers' names. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember them half the time myself. I did love what not to wear. I have to say I am wary today. Uh, I have a seafall green manicure and probably matched with a salmon shirt. I love it. I call it Elber Elder uh, States Women Lesbian Sheep. <laughs> nailed it. I nailed and it. And Clinton, you nailed your topic. A perfect score. Very good. Uh, Clinton, while we have Patricia Resnick here, is there anything you'd like to ask or say to her? I'm so, I, I could talk to you for an hour, but I won't hold you up for an hour. I want to say the only reason I remembered Colin Higgins as a name and not yours was that I have used the name Colin Higgins as a pseudonym back when I was single and dating. And if I was dating and I was talking to some weirdo in a bar back in like the 90s, They'd be like, hey, be like, what's your name? Oh, Colin Higgins. Ah! I wasn't going to tell him. I wasn't going to tell him Clinton Kelly. That. I don't think Patricia Resnick would have worked for me. So I was like, <laughs> so, fair. I okay. will accept that. I, I heard that your original screenplay uh, was like a much, much darker comedy. Like it was, was it real, real dark? Like, no, it was definitely still a comedy. Like the way they tried to kill him, they tried to kill him in funny ways. Like they. They convinced him that he needed to lose some weight because he was very vain, and they put him on an uh, apple and cottage cheese diet, uh, knowing that if you uh, grate up apple seeds, they contain cyanic acid. Uh, But then he lost five pounds and decided he looked great and took himself (laughs) off. They tried to, uh, this was back in the day when you could plug in your, your razor, yeah. electric razor and so they tried to electrocute him but he grabbed onto Lily and she was getting electrocuted too so it was all in funny ways yeah. but they were trying to kill him I did actually kill him in the movie and it turned out it was his wife oh, oh I, I already I love your version yeah, yeah. I, I already love your version way more than the when the quote the, unquote. and the one you haven't seen yeah. exactly exactly <laughs> I have a question how much money do I have to donate to Urban Sanctuary Rescue Dunhorn to read this original script? <laughs> wow. Um, I won't show any, I won't show it to anybody. Would you go a thousand bucks? I would go a thousand bucks. We're on. We are one hundred percent done. I need to get it copied. We will figure okay. all that out. We'll get you two connected. I'm so happy that we made this connection. I'm happy that we made a connection for the Urban Sanctuary Rescue. And we're so happy that you joined us. Patricia, if people want to find out more about you or your work, where can they do that? I have two Facebooks. Look for the one that's a picture of me on a stage with Dolly. 
And I'm also on Instagram, both of those under Patricia Resnick. Patricia Resnick, it's so wonderful that you joined us. Thank you so much for doing so. Patricia Resnick, everybody. Yay! Thank you. An honor. Thank you. <laughs> All right, Helen, what is our score at the end of that round? At the end of that exciting round, Clinton Kelly has eight points and Jackie Fabulous has two points with a round of questions for Jackie coming up. That's right. We're going to talk with Jackie about a topic she knows about. Plus, later, Clinton and Jackie will go head-to-head in our Fast Facts round, all to find a winner on Go Fact Yourself. Hi, I'm Julian Burrell, associate producer and editor of Go Fact Yourself. Go Fact Yourself is part of the Maximum Fun Jumbotron program. The Jumbotron program allows anyone to share their message on our podcast, just like the Jumbotron at the ballpark. It's a fun way to show your support for your favorite celebrity trivia podcast and get the word out about what you're up to. It's easy and cheap. Only $100 for a personal message or $200 for a promotional one. And your message will be read by Jay Keith and or Helen. Or me, if that's your thing, but I don't think it is. A promotional message is one with any sort of promotional or commercial component to it. The cost is $200, and the character limit for your message is $500. Use your promotional message to advertise nonprofit organizations, independent entrepreneurs, Kickstarter projects, web comics, medical marijuana dispensaries, and any other businesses you would like to promote. A personal message is one without any promotional or commercial component to it. The cost is $100, and the character limit for your message is $350. What can you do with 350 characters? Wish a friend happy birthday. Congratulate a family member on a new job. Tell your parents you love them. They probably deserve it. Messages are scheduled on a first-come, first-served basis. Get more information and schedule your ad at MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron. Thank you, Jumbotron. You're in a theater. The lights go down. You're about to get swept up by the characters and all their little details and interpersonal dramas. You look at them and think, that person is so obviously in love with their best friend. Wait, am I in love with my best friend? That character's mom is so overbearing. Why doesn't she just stand up to her? Oh God, do I need to stand up to my own mother? If you've ever recognized yourself in a movie, then join me, Jordan Cruciola, for the podcast Feeling Seen. We've talked to author Susan Orlean on realizing her own marriage was falling apart after watching Adaptation, an adaptation of her own work, and comedian Hari Kondabolu on why Harold and Kumar was a depressingly important movie for Southeast Asians. So join me every Thursday for the Feeling Seen podcast here on Maximum Fun. Welcome back to Go Fact Yourself with our guests, Clinton Kelly and Jackie Fabulous. Once again, here's J. Keith Van Stratton. Thank you so much, Helen. All right, Jackie, of your many interests, you told us you know a lot about J-Lo, early hip-hop, and immigration law. Let's find out a little bit more about each of those. First, tell us what J-Lo means to you. Uh, J-Lo's my best friend. And oh! <laughs> uh, <laughs> is she aware of this? <laughs> she will be. I'm going to be in one okay. of her movies, or I'll be able to hire her, one or the other. But anybody mm-hmm. born a woman of color from the Bronx who ends up successful like carrie washington her there's so many if we can get out of there to (laughs) no get out of there but then show the world that where we're from is not a bad place while also showing that we can live anywhere you know i just you know that kind of thing motivates me that's why all right wonderful you also said you know a lot about early hip-hop being born you know in the bronx where we have a lot lot of things to be proud of we Mm -hmm. we started um hip-hop and we started crack (laughs) I'm more proud of the hip-hop part. Wow, so brave. So brave of you to make a stand on that. I I just remember the day it started. I remember when it came out, the first album, Kids Breakdancing, when I was playing outside. You know, I I used to be a tomboy when I used to go outside. So I just remember the early days of happiness and no bills and your parents paying for everything and 
just a simple life and dancing all the time, you know, no crime. You got a big smile on your face talking about it. I can tell that means a lot to you. And then finally, Jackie said you know a lot about immigration law. Is that also going back to the Bronx? I don't even know where that came from. I, you know, well, probably because I come from immigrant parents from Jamaica, mm-hmm. and I worked in I worked in immigration law after I graduated law school. In between graduating law school and becoming a full time comic, I always worked mm-hmm. in the legal field and primarily okay. immigration law. But please don't pick that one for God's sake. Well, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right, to summarize, you said you know a lot about J-Lo, early hip-hop, and immigration law. Today, we're going to quiz you about J-Lo. Thank you, Jesus. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I will say you're welcome on behalf of Jesus. Okay. So when you mentioned J-Lo as a topic, we tried to see if you wanted to get more specific. And you were like, nope, music, movies, her personal life, all of it. You are fully on board with J-Lo. Oh. I think I am. Now I'm kind of like embarrassed. Yeah. Do I have my own life? I do. <laughs> no, no, it's exciting. It's 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 fun. It's fun to know so much about a person. Um, what, what's some of your favorite uh, projects of hers that uh, she's done? My favorite movie of hers um, is Out of Sight, and that, sure. that's the kind of movie they should make a sequel from because it worked back then. But I love ro- romantic comedies when I kind of know what's going to happen, and hers are always extremely sappy. <laughs> but in a good in way. a good way. But I don't believe I don't yeah. believe when she tries to play a poor person. I never believe when she when she tries to play. <laughs> oh, agreed. I 100 percent agree I'm with like, you. It's a pet peeve. I'm like, I'm come like, on. first of all, I don't even know how she's a spokesperson for Coach. She don't she don't wear Coach. Clinton, you know she don't wear Coach. <laughs> <laughs> she she do not wear Coach. She does not. And she no. gives a billboard for Coach, and she wears Chanel panties. So I don't. I I don't believe her playing broke, but I still support her. <laughs> and what about music? What are some of your favorite music projects that she's Her done? first album, I remember when that first album came out, I was kind of like, what the hell is she doing? Like that, back mm-hmm. then you couldn't try everything. That, you, back then mm-hmm. you're like, you're a fool. You, you do this or you do that. And she's really an example of somebody who's like, I don't give a damn what anybody says. I want a castle. Mm-hmm. And, she get, and, she, and, she, <laughs> and she gets it. So her, her, her mm-hmm. just drive to be like, you know, F the world, I'm going to do it. That's a, that's a big enough reason to be a fan. Well, just ahead, we're going to enlist the help of a bona fide expert in your topic to test your mastery with our expert-level question worth up to three points. But before that, to let you show your love, Jackie, here are five trivia questions about J-Lo, each worth one point. Now, if you want it, you're allowed a total of two hints in these five questions. Okay. Now, Clinton, do listen closely because if Jackie answers incorrectly, you can steal. Clinton, by the way, how much do you know about J-Lo? I'm gay. Okay. So I know, but enough about J-Lo. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize it was a that, that it was a package deal. I mean, of course. I, I mean, she's gorgeous and she's talented and she's blingy and yeah. I, I, yeah. So I know my J Lo. I don't think I'm as obsessed with J Lo as Jackie is, though. That's All right. The thing. Well, we'll see if we'll see if Jackie lets you in to uh, answer a question. Okay. Jackie, here's your first question about J Lo. JLo's fans not only love her work, but they love knowing about her personal life. Like when she recently had a secret wedding to what movie star returning the term Benefer to its proper place in our culture? Enrique Iglesias. I'm kidding. Ben Affleck. <laughs> I'm sorry. We have to take your first answer. No, I'm kidding. Totally kidding. <laughs> Helen? That is correct. That is correct. Fun fact, during the ceremony, J-Lo surprised Ben with a performance by singer-songwriter Mark Cohn, who, if I were a guest on this show, would be one of my topics. A little bit of a crossover there. Let's move on to question number two. Jackie, before J-Lo made it big as an actor and singer, she made it to TV as a dancer, with her highest profile dance job being on what 1990s Fox Network sketch comedy show? In Living Color. Helen? That is correct. That is correct for the point. Very good. Two for two. 
Pow, pow, finger guns, <laughs> finger laser guns. Fun fact, J-Lo appeared as a fly girl in seasons three and four of the show where her routines were choreographed by Rosie Perez. All right, question number three. J-Lo has had a successful movie career with critically acclaimed performances in films like Selena and Out of Sight. Now, for many years, her biggest hit at the box office was Made in Manhattan. But in 2019, what movie, based on a New York Magazine article, became her biggest live-action hit at the U.S. box office, earning over $100 million? Hustlers. Helen? That is correct. That's correct. Hustlers for the point. Very good. Fun fact, we specified live action and domestic box office because her biggest box office hit overall, according to thenumbers.com, is 2012's animated film Ice Age Continental Drift, which made over $877 million worldwide. Wow. Jackie, you're three for three. You have your two hints available. Here's question number four. From 2016 to 2018, J-Lo performed in residency at a Las Vegas hotel casino where she gave over 100 performances of her show, All I Have. At what hotel casino did she perform that show? Is it the Wynn? MGM? Where do they do the big ones at? Hmm. You do have a hint available if you'd like to use one of your hints? Yes, I'd like to use a hint. Caesars Palace. Go ahead. Helen, how about that first hint? It's two words. And the second word can be seen in giant letters on a Los Angeles mountain. Planet Hollywood. Helen? That is correct. Excellent use of the hint for the point. Very good. (laughs) Fun fact, the theater where she performed was called the Axis Theater, then later the Zappos Theater. Her residency grossed over $100 million. Wow. Just like Hustlers. Everything she does is makes money. So much money. All right, Jackie, you have a chance to go five for five as well if you can get this question correct. Okay. J-Lo has her hand in several successful businesses, one of which is her line of beauty products, or should I say booty products, because a new product available on her site is a targeted booty balm, which says it, quote, visibly firms and hydrates skin and fades the appearance of stretch marks for a smoother, more refined-looking booty, end Mm -hmm. quote. What is the name of this booty balm? Uh, May I have a second hint, please? You may. How polite. Helen, how about that second hint? It rhymes with blurm and blunt. Oh, firm and flaunt, booty bomb. Helen? That is correct. Jackie Fabulous is five for five. What a show we got for you today. What a competition we have for you. Fun fact, Firm and Flaunt costs $65 and contains over 50 ingredients, including avocado, eggplant, and basil extracts, and caffeine. In case your, your booty falls asleep, wake that booty up <laughs> with Firm and Flaunt by Jayla. Or if somebody wants to have a snack. Yeah, maybe that's – oh, here we go. <laughs> Jack, you obviously did very well in that round, but now here is your expert-level question that requires multiple answers. It is time for your cluster fact. Oh, God. We'll be bringing on an expert to discuss your response. Jackie, one of J-Lo's biggest hits has recently gained new relevance following her surprise wedding, as that hit song originally spawned a 2002 music video featuring J-Lo frolicking with the man who is now her husband. For up to three points, what is the name of that hit song? What answer that you've already given earlier in our quiz is mentioned in that song's second verse? And also in that second verse, what other J-Lo song title, a number one hit co-written by some of the same writers, does she also mention? One of them is Jenny from the Block. Okay, so that's the song. And what's the other question? The next question is, what answer that you've already given earlier in this quiz is mentioned in the song's second verse? 
Don't be fooled by the rocks that I got. I'm still, I'm still Johnny from the block. Used to have a little, now I have a lot. No matter where I know where I came from. I don't know. Well, that's the course. So we're looking for the verse. Okay, well, perhaps you want to think back to some of the answers that you gave earlier in this quiz and just choose one of them. Hustler. Hustler, okay. And then next we wanted to know what other J-Lo song, which was a number one hit co-written by some of the same writers, does she mention in that second verse as well? So if you don't know it, maybe just guess a number one hit or a, a hit song of J-Lo's that you think it might be. Something with Ja Rule. What was the name of that song? Marry Me. All these are wrong. Okay, we're going to find out because we have an extra on hand who can tell us for sure. Helen, who do we have tonight? Joining us tonight is a Grammy-winning songwriter and music producer whose work includes multiple multi-platinum albums and singles with Jennifer Lopez. It's Corey Rooney. Hello, Corey Rooney. (laughs) Hey, hey, hey. What's happening? Thank you so much for joining us. It's an honor to have you. No, thank you for having me. We'll talk about your work with J-Lo in a moment, but for those who don't know, in addition to working with J-Lo, you're a Grammy winner who's worked with artists including Mariah Carey, Destiny's Child, and Michael Jackson, uh, to name just a few. Let's talk about uh, how you first got into music. You kind of came by it through a family business, right? My parents were in the music business in the 60s. Their group was called the Exciters. Mm -hmm. So my mom was the lead singer. My dad was the male in the group, along with two other members, Carolyn Johnson and Lillian Walker. It's crazy because they toured with the Beatles on their first American what? tour. Wow. wow. Oh, it's crazy. I, I have pictures. I actually found uh, eight millimeter film clips, color, of my parents and the Beatles on a private plane, you know, just hanging out. Whoa. It's crazy. That's amazing. And did they encourage you to get into the music business or were they saying, please don't? No, you know what? It was just in my house, like mm. morning, noon and night. That's all like we went to bed with music. We, we, you can hear like there was really furniture always moved to the side and there was rehearsals going on constantly. I told my mom when I was younger, I wanted to be an engineer. So she really started to drag me to the studio. Mm-hmm. But I didn't mean a music engineer. I meant, uh, <laughs> uh, I, meant, I meant an engineer for like construction and things like that. Oh, I thought you meant like choo-choo. I thought you meant like a train no, engineer. So we no. both would have been wrong. You know, I saw guys like tearing up the, the neighborhood and doing construction. I, said, I asked him what he did. He said, hey, I'm an engineer. I wanted to do that so bad. And uh, when I told my mother, she started even letting me skip school to come in and learn some things. <laughs> Well, let's talk about working with J-Lo. How did you two come to work together? I had discovered a young guy by the name of 50 Cent. And I had taken 50. He and I drove up to a place called Bearsville, New York. And we were doing like a writing retreat with some hip hop guys called the Trackmasters. You know, some like they're like my brothers. While I'm up there with 50, I get a call from Tommy Matola, And he says, hey, I'm having a meeting with this girl. I don't know if you've heard of her, but she's the girl who played Selena in the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he said, do you know who she is? I said, absolutely. I know who she is. <laughs> 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 he said, you know, listen, I really need you in that meeting. I'm like already in my car, on my way there. You're like, sorry, here. 50, later. <laughs> no, I took him with me. And the crazy what? thing is on our way back, we, you know, like it was him and another guy, but we got like stuck in like a rainstorm and all. So by the time I ended up getting to the meeting, Tommy was like laying out the red carpet for Jennifer because he really wanted to sign her. So he, in his waiting area, he had like the best of the best. I promise you, he had Babyface, he had Walter A, he had Diane Warren, he had mm. um, like you name it, Rick Wake, all of these producers. 
When they came out, I was sitting at the piano playing a song that I had just written. So she and Tommy walk out the office and he says, hey, Corey, you made it. She goes, oh, my God, that song you're playing is so beautiful. Like, what is that? I said, I just, just, it's a song I just wrote. Tommy says, you know, why don't you guys just go in the studio and record it tonight? So that was my introduction oh my God. to her. So I said, oh, I said, okay, I'll do it. Let's go. We did it. The song is on her album. It's called Talk About Us. Uh, that was day one of us. And, you know, the next day, Tommy reached out to Jennifer and said, hey, so how did it go? She said, you know what? It went really well. She said, and I'll tell you this, I'm, I'm all the way in with this whole thing, but I want Corey to be the main p- person and everyone else who I work with, I want them to work through Corey, mm. you know? So she mm-hmm. and I locked in from that day forward. And that first album, we were just throwing things up against the wall to see what stuck, you know? And a, lo- a lot stuck, it turns out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Zach, you mentioned that from the outside, it looked like there was resistance to J-Lo, you know, trying to be a recording artist when she was already, you know, a dancer and, and in movies. So that was something that, that you were aware of and, and she was aware of, too, that she was she was fighting against to, to yeah. try to establish herself as a serious I, music artist. Absolutely. But, you know, Jennifer, if you can just look from the outside and look in at Jennifer Lopez, does she really look scared of anything? Like, seriously, you know, she didn't go into to the uh, the sessions with the attitude like, you know what? I got this. Mm. She came in here. She had blocked off all of her time. And she said, I'm here to to try and get this. I'm trying to learn this. And the one thing I knew from the, the second I met Jennifer was whatever we do, she's going to sell it. Yeah, I think she sold some booty balm today on the show. Too. <laughs> yeah. Corey, I saw in the interview that you said working with Jennifer brings out the most creative part of me. Yeah. Can you tell us about sort of what that process was to bring out the creativity in you? Because Jennifer, again, Jennifer likes to walk into a situation and be a lump of clay. It allows me to really look at a situation from so many different directions and say, oh, you know what, let's try it this way. Mm. When we first started working, I bought her a really pretty like notebook book and a, a, a nice the prettiest pen I could find just to give her you know give her a reason to want to carry it all the time and I said anything you think about worth writing down write it down so I promise you every song that we wrote together it's all personal it's all real and because she's that much closer to things like that it was easier for her to deliver it uh, and can you tell us what you've been working on now or what we might uh, next see from you? I know you've always got a lot of stuff going on. It's two things that I'm I'm really putting my time into. One of them is actually a legacy label that I created. Mm-hmm. And the legacy label is called TLR Records. The legacy label, I've signed Smokey Robinson and El DeBarge. Oh, great. Right? And Smokey's record will be out um, a few months from now. It's an amazing record. Every time someone hears that they're pleasantly surprised not because they're not surprised because it's not going to be great mm-hmm. it's just they're surprised that he's found a way to place himself right into 2022 so beautifully it's crazy and El Debarge, forget about it like <laughs> I, that guy is amazing and women still like I don't know if it's harder to like finalize records or keep women away from this guy. Like he performs <laughs> and they seriously, seriously, seriously go crazy over this guy. And then the second thing I've been working on a lot, my son created an anime series uh, called Zala the Cursed. You know, so my son, Jaden Rooney is, you know, all into anime and he's a young 
up and coming director, and I didn't mm. know what the heck anime was, to be honest. With you. I'm like, <laughs> anime? What the heck is anime? But once I saw what it was, I really got into it. So now I'm splitting my time between this music stuff and this anime thing, which oh, every day I learn something new about. So it's awesome. Excellent. Well, we'll look forward to uh, all those projects when they come out. Uh, let's mm -hmm. get to the reason we brought you here as far as our game is concerned. You heard the questions that we asked of Jackie. First, we <laughs> wanted to know regarding that uh, big hit song from 2002 with a music video featuring J-Lo frolicking with the man who's now her husband. First, we wanted to know what is the name of that hit song. Helen, what did Jackie say? Jackie said Jenny from the Block. And Corey? Yes, that's correct. That is correct for the point. Very good, Jackie. All right, next we wanted to know what answer that Jackie had already given earlier in our quiz is mentioned in the song's second verse. Helen, what did Jackie say? Jackie said, Hustlers. And Corey? No, that's not correct. No, I'm terribly sorry. What is yeah. the, what is What was the lyric? In Living Color. Yes, it starts from In Living Color to Movie Scripts, oh, yeah. to On the Sixth, six, to J-Lo yeah. to This. From In Living Color clips. to Movie Scripts, to On the Sixth, ah, to, you know. Yes. When you when you sing it for some reason, it sounds a lot better. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, no point there, but it's fun to hear that uh, recreated for us here. And then finally, wanted to know in the second verse, what other J-Lo song title, a number one hit co-written by some of the same writers, which is you, Corey, does J-Lo mention? Helen, what did Jackie say? Jackie said, marry me. And Corey? No. Oh, sorry. <laughs> That's no. not it. What was it? I'm real. Uh I'm real. I, I, I'm real. I, I, I thought I told you something like that. That's the line. Yes, that's I'm right. Real. I want I half a point. I said Ja Rule was on there. I want half a point. <laughs> I did. I did hear you say that. Oh, do you want to give her half a point? It's up to you. Let's give her half a point. Half I, a point, I, yeah. Very you nice. You yeah. know, I heard her say it, actually. I thought she was getting ready to remember, but... You know, it, yeah, she was on her way. We just, you know, the, the show's only an hour or so. <laughs> <laughs> it's so wonderful to have you here. Jackie, while we've got Mr. Corey Rooney with us, anything you'd like to say or ask of him? I want to be Jen's friend. If you could tell her to go to my Instagram. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm a, that it, is one of the services you provide as a producer, I presume. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's an honor to meet you. I'm, a, I'm one of her biggest fans. You know what? And thank you for being her fan because I promise you this about her. She's a truly loving person. Like seriously, that's probably her biggest fault. If there isn't a, if there's any fault about Jennifer, is she has the biggest heart in the world. Yes, you know. So if you love her, she's gonna love you back just the same. I promise. All right, it's gonna happen, Jackie. You're gonna be friends, Corey. It's been wonderful to speak with you. If people want to find out more about you and what you're up to. Where can they do that? So the best place for someone to reach me is uh, CoreyRooneyMedia.com. Awesome! It was so wonderful that you joined us. Thank you so much, Corey Rooney. Thank you. Thank you Thanks, so much. Corey. Thank you. All right, Helen, what is the score as we go into the final round? Oh, it is a really tight game right now, J. Keith. At the end of that round, Clinton Kelly has eight points, and Jackie Fabulous has eight and a half points. All right, now it is time for our final round. We call Fast Facts. I'll read ten statements, and each contestant will answer with true or false. I'll start with Clinton and alternate between each guest. Each correct answer is worth one point. Again, the answer to each statement is true or false. Here we begin. Clinton, brown bears are a type of bear. True. Correct. Jackie, grizzly bears are a type of bear. True. Correct. Clinton, grizzly bears are a type of black bear. True. Incorrect. No, sorry. <laughs> Jackie, grizzly bears are a type of brown bear. False. Incorrect. No, they really are. Clinton, grizzly bears can mate with polar bears. False. Incorrect. No, they really can. Jackie, grizzly bears mating with polar bears produce a hybrid called a polarizzly bear. False. Correct. Clinton, grizzly bears mating with polar bears produce a hybrid called a growler bear. False. 
Incorrect. No, they really do. <laughs> Jackie, grizzly bears mating with polar bears create a hybrid called a pizzly bear. False. Incorrect. Clinton, therefore, growler bears and pizzly bears mean the exact same thing. True. Incorrect. <laughs> I don't understand the question. Okay. <laughs> Jackie, the difference is that pizzly bears have grizzly bears for mothers. Why are these bears together? Polars and the, bla the black bears. That's segregation. It, uh, that makes sense. So is that true or false? Well, false. False. No, it's true. Clinton, if a pizzly bear mates with a game show host, they produce a quizly bear. False. <laughs> and finally, Jackie, my son is a quizly bear. True. Sure. No, no, I have not mated with a grizzly bear, Helen. Everybody else has. Yeah, have you made it with the teddy bear? Because, well, I'm sorry, you know, that's all the time we have. <laughs> I want to thank Clinton and Jackie as Helen tabulates the final score. By the way, growler bears and pizzly bears are both used to describe those hybrids, but growler bears have grizzly fathers and pizzly bears have polar fathers. So that what? is the distinction I between want polars to stay where they are and the other bears to stay where they are and keep it normal. The way Jackie, we all Jackie, knowing. you're a bear segregationist? Come on! Yes, it's, it's easier. Who t I did not know they mingled. They do. They do. <laughs> Helen, are you ready to announce the winner on today's episode? I am at the end of the game. Clinton Kelly has nine points and Jackie Fabulous has ten and a half points. Congratulations, Jackie Fabulous. You <laughs> oh are the facting God. champion. Yay. Jackie, what will you do with your championship? I didn't want to win. I wanted Clinton to win. I'm so happy to meet him. But so you're gonna, besides that, thank so you're, you. You're going to give your championship to Clinton? Yes, I am. Wow. What an exciting, unexpected yes. turn of events that has no ramifications whatsoever. <laughs> All right. We're going to wrap things up by giving everyone on the panel a chance to mention or promote anything they might have going on. Clinton Kelly, what are you up to and where can people find you? People can find me, I don't know, just hanging around the block or something. Uh, I'm on Instagram. Whatever, just say hi to me on Instagram, Clinton Kelly O. The O is actually an inside joke that has an 80s porn uh, oh, reference in it. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. Sorry. Now I'm really sorry we didn't get okay. to that topic. Yeah. But anyway, this has been awesome. Jackie, thanks for giving me your, you know, uh, your championship. I appreciate that. Uh, your, whatever. Anytime. As soon as I have yeah. a chance to pitch a TV show with being a gay man, you are on top of the list, boy. Clinton <laughs> Kelly, thank you so much for being here. Jackie Fabulous, <laughs> thank you for being here as well. Where can people find what you're up to? JackieFabulous.com to get all my socials and my special and my comedy album by the same name, Men Applause, where you buy albums and my podcast, Relatable with Jackie Fabulous. And that's it. Excellent. That's it. Thank you so much for being here. Ladies and gentlemen, my hosting partner is Helen Hong. Helen, where can people find what you're doing? Hey, I have a comedy special out right now called Well Hong. Well Hong. That's right, because I'm mature. Um, you can find it streaming now. Um, I'm also touring uh, this fall, and you can uh, follow me on the socials at funny Helen Hong. Don't follow at Helen Hong, because she's not funny. No. She is not, but you are. You are funny. You are Helen. You are Helen Hong. And me, you can find me on Twitter at J underscore Keith and at jkeith.net, all spelled out on Instagram. That just leaves me to thank Clinton Kelly, Jackie Fibulous, Patricia Resnick, Corey Rooney, and thank you for listening and supporting our show at MaximumFun.org. I'm J. Keith Van Stratton. Good night. 
Like what you hear? Come see us live. It's happening again. Go to GoFactorPod.com for our schedule and tickets. Meanwhile, please like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at GoFactorPod, update our wiki at GoFactorWiki.Fandom.com, and buy our T-shaped shirt at MaxFunStore.com. And give us a great review on your favorite podcast platform, like Perk Casso did on Apple Podcasts. He, she, or they said, the best part is when the player guests get to meet an expert guest during their expert round of questions. Hearing them fan out over the expert is a real treat. Thanks, Percasso. Reading that review is a real treat for me. Helen? Go Fact Yourself is a panel quiz program devised and produced by Jim Newman and J. Keith Van Stratton and comes to you via transcription from various homes across the country. Questions were compiled by the Trivia Industrial Complex. We are produced in collaboration with Maximum Fun. Maximum Fun's senior producer and overall heroine is Laura Swisher. Associate producer and editor and I think secretly Sandman is Julian Burrell. Our show engineer is Dave McKeever. Our theme song and incidental music were written and performed by Jonathan Green. Research assistance provided by Adam Needif, plus Dr. James and Patricia Ramsey. Quiz assistance provided by Clint Tauscher, Leora Saul, and Brian Phillips. Promotional graphics by Erich Tran. Added support from Dave Bianchi and Christine Villada. Special thanks to Jody Chal at TLR Music Group. Makiba Riddick-Woods at the Young Dreamers Consultancy Agency. Jonathan Baruch and Jacqueline Mosher at Rain Management Group. Jess Guinevan at Guinevan PR. Dr. Dave Garshalis at the International Union for Conservation of Nature, their specialist group. And Kristen Blyler. I've been Helen Hong! Let's go dance to J-Lo! And uh, watch 9 to 5! Ooh, I'd like to mash those up. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture Artist owned Audience supported